So this morning I said Tanner. Uh, Tanner and uh, Caleb will be sharing concerning Chi Alpha in Shadron. Tanner, has it been five, six, seven years? How many years have you been over there? We're on our eighth year. Eight years. Yeah, it's close. I should have just kept going. I could have been right. Um, but Tanner is uh, serving in Chi Alpha. His heart is truly discipleship. If there's anything I can say about Tanner, it's his desire is to equip saints for the work of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As he's dealing with college students, he's got about four years to be able to accomplish that, some of them five or six, depending on how astute they are, but ultimately four years is, is his target. Um, and Tanner's sole desire, he and Courtney, as they minister there, is to equip saints for the work of the gospel, to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And so this morning we get the blessing of hearing from him and the blessing from hearing from someone who has been invested in, in his ministry. Uh, so, Tanner, it, it is all yours. You are free to come share. All right. I'm not as sophisticated as Pastor Steve, so I have to use mic stands or uh, music stands because I don't have a fancy stand at Chi Alpha. But, uh, all right, so most of you guys know me, uh, but for those of you guys that don't, um, I'm Pastor Tanner Sherlock, as he introduced me, and my wife, Courtney, sitting in the back. Um, together, we are the directors of Chi Alpha at Shiner State College. And so, for those of you guys that don't know about Chi Alpha, I'm going to share just a little bit more than what Pastor Steve uh, shared this morning. And um, So, basically, what Chi Alpha is, Chi Alpha is a college ministry that is underneath the umbrella of the Assemblies of God. It was created by the Assemblies of God because about 50 years ago, the Assemblies of God decided that our colleges and our universities are a missions field. And so they decided that, um, they kind of looked at it and realized that it was a very strategic missions field. And so they began planting this ministry, this organization called Chi Alpha on our college campuses. And now today, Chi Alpha is on over 400 college campuses worldwide. Um, it's, it's not even just America at this point, it's worldwide. Um, and so <clears throat> the way the which, uh, they fund these ministries, because as you guys know, college kids are broke. Like how much money do you have in your wallet, man? Five bucks. He's, that's actually more than I thought he would say. <clears throat> and so, yes. Um, so our, our college universities, they're full of college students that don't have a whole lot of money. And so in order to fund um, the, the directors, the missionaries who go to these uh, college campuses for Chi Alpha, they tag them as missionaries, U.S. missionaries. And so the same way that you have missionaries that go overseas to other countries, the Assemblies of God has decided, like I said, that our colleges and our universities are missions fields. And so my wife and I, Courtney and I, are literally we're missionaries to the Shattern State College. That is what we do. That is our career. That is our full-time job. We are missionaries to the Shattern State College campus. And so um, here in a minute, I'm going to share, I'm going to let Caleb take over and share a little bit. But basically the, the point of why we're here, because as missionaries, um, we have to raise a budget. The way that the Assemblies of God does their budgets, and I'm just going to take a second because for the first time I'm sharing as a missionary and the money doesn't go to me, so I can talk about money a little more comfortably um, because nobody really likes talking about money. Pastors missionaries. We don't like talking about money, but since this is for him, I'm going to talk about money. And so in, in Chi Alpha, we have a program called Give a Year. So they're called Give a Year Students, Give a Year Students. The slogan for the Give a Year Students is Give a Year and Pray About a Lifetime. And so this program, basically it's designed for students who feel like they might be called into missions, but they're not sure, 
or students who just want to give back to the college, to the Chi Alpha, that invested so much in them. And so through this Give a Year process, what we do is these students can then become missionary associates with the director, with the, the full-time missionary. So Caleb is a Give a Year student, so he's a missionary associate. So he's going to be a full-time missionary associate with Courtney and I for a year while he gives a year and then prays about a lifetime in ministry. And so while he's giving this year, he gets to raise his budget so that he can be full-time on campus like us and pray about whether this is his full-time calling or if this is his way of giving back to our ministry. And so they can give one year or two years, and then after that they have to decide, hey, am I going to be a full-time missionary, or is this it for me and let my budget go? And so the way that missionaries in the Assemblies of God raise their budget is we have what is called a working budget. And then we also have what is called a cash budget. So the primary means of of funding our ministry is what is called the working budget. And so that's the money we have to raise in order to be considered full-time. And then we also have to raise a cash budget for additional things. And so, for example, a missionary to, say, like Africa would have to raise $6,000 per month. So what that means is they have to have $6,000 worth of donations coming in every month in order to be on their missions field. So rather than raising, what would that be, $72,000 to go and be on their missions field for one year and then come back to America and re-raise $72,000 and then go back, what we do is we raise a monthly amount of income that is coming in from supporters per month. So the same way that you as an individual in churches like this give to missionaries is we basically commit, hey, I'm going to give $125, the same way you would give $125 to, say, DirecTV. You're basically saying, I'm going to commit to give $125 per month while you're on your missions field. So for someone like Caleb, you'd be committing to give a year and possibly a lifetime commitment. But you get to decide when that begins and ends. And so people come alongside us, just like this church, and they give us 50, 150, 250, whatever you've prayed about and you've had this conversation with the Holy Spirit to give to a missionary monthly. And that's basically the breakdown of what our operating budget, what our our monthly budget is. And so as a man who likes to give honor where honor is due, this church and individuals in this church give Courtney and I hundreds of dollars per month to ensure that we can be on the Shattern State College campus full time. And I want to thank you so much because we cannot do what we do without you guys without this church, without the support that we have coming in. And it is a sacrifice. Nobody likes to just donate money to something. They're not getting anything, you know, in return. But I can assure you there is return. And I get to introduce some of that return to you guys. And so, again, I want to thank you guys so much. And so, like I said, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm ecstatic to introduce Caleb to you guys. Um, and so... Uh, before I hand it over to Caleb and give it to him, I want to give his or my perspective of when he came to Kyle for the first time. So, one night, I get this random Facebook message from this random lady, had no clue, no connection with whatsoever. And uh, this lady asked me when Kyle Alpha is meeting. And I could tell that she wasn't a college student. So, immediately I was like, okay, this must be a mom. And so she told me that she wanted to get her son, Caleb, into Chi Alpha. And so 
to give you guys an idea of what typically happens when this happens, it's usually a mom who's extremely eager to force their child to come to a church thing. And over the years, out of, I would say, maybe even up to a 100 different moms or dads who have sent this exact same message to me, zero have ever come to Chi Alpha. Because it's mom wanting to get their child into ministry, but they didn't take the time ahead of time to get them introduced to us. And so after the fact, when the semester is going, now during the summer, that's a different story, but when the semester is going, we've seen zero of those students. And so I kind of half-hazardly respond that our church has, uh, or our Chi Alpha has church service on Tuesdays on campus, that we have small groups on Thursdays in Edna, and that actually that night, later that night at 6 o'clock, we were having a game night at our house. And so I just kind of responded because I still want to, to give them the opportunity to come. And so I responded, and then I literally forgot about it because I get enough of these messages. It literally, I read it, I respond, and then I move on because I've got to prepare for the game night that night. And so I completely forget. And so fast forward to about 6 o'clock that night. Courtney and I are setting things up for Chi Alpha. Yes, we begin setting things up at, first, at 6 o'clock for Chi Alpha because we run on what is called Chi Alpha time. And Chi Alpha time is a nationwide thing. It's not shattering. It is a nationwide thing. We are always 15 to 20 minutes late for everything. In fact, Steve texts me this morning panicking a little bit because I'm not here yet because I'm operating on Chi Alpha time. I was still early. I just want you to know. And so... Six o'clock rolls around. I'm not expecting anybody for 15, 20 minutes. We have one student leader in the room who has to come early and help us set up. And I hear a knock on the door, and I was like, it's six o'clock, dude. Like, what are you doing here so early? But in typical fashion, our college students, they knock, and then they just come in because they know it's our house is their house. Just come on in. We're not going to make a big deal. Just come on in. Nobody came in. And so I hear a louder knock on the door. And I was like, dude, come in. Like, what are you doing? And so I'm kind of rude at this point. In walks this kid I've never met before. Looks like a deer looking at headlights. He's like, what am I getting into? There's nobody in there yet because we don't show up until 6.15. And uh, I was like, who's this kid who brought him? Like, who's, like, I'm waiting for somebody else to come through the door that brought this kid. And so I was like, hey, dude, what's your name? And he says, Caleb, and then all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh, yeah, this lady got in touch with me. And all I could think of, like legit, the only thing I could think of was, your mom has to be the most intimidating person on this earth. <laughs> if she actually convinced you to go to a random stranger's house at 6 o'clock to play games with people you've never met. And so Caleb comes. And then he comes to our small group the next Thursday, and he continues to come to Chi Alpha, and eventually comes to our winter conference that we have every January. And just out of nowhere, this kid becomes one of our most dedicated students. And so with that, I'm going to hand it over to Caleb. Hey, guys. (laughs) And thank you, Tanner. Uh, so I'm going to share a little bit about my perspective. Of uh, He shared his perspective. I'll share a little bit of my perspective of how I came to Kappa for the first time and what this has eventually kind of like turned into. Uh, but before that, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about me. Uh, as Tanner said, my name is Caleb Cash. 
Uh, I'm from Casper, Wyoming, and I'll be graduating from Chattern State uh, at the end of this semester with a bachelor's degree in business administration and finance. I'm super excited to be a part of this great Chi Alpha team, and uh, I'm even more excited to build the relationships with these students. Uh, we already have a great uh, group of people, and I'm looking forward to build relationships with even more students and help others learn more about God and the Bible. So Chi Alpha has been a major part of my life for the past three years, and um, I'm, I'm excited for God to work uh, on the campus. So before I get too far into Chi Alpha, I'll, I'll continue off of Tanner's story, and I'll share my side of how I came to Chi Alpha. So flashback to the beginning of my first year at uh, Shattern State. I was in a completely new environment, um, like many high school students who have gone on to college, like it was kind of my first taste of freedom after high school, new environment, kind of scared, don't know anyone. And I'm just trying to make some new friends, navigate my way through new classes. But really the big thing that led me to, uh, to Chi Alpha, and it, it sounds funny, but it, it comes uh, full circle, is that I was actually in a very unhealthy relationship from back home. And things were not going well, to say the least. I had managed to make a few uh, friendships on, on the campus. I'm so thankful for those friendships that I made. But it seems like whatever I did, I couldn't escape from what was uh, going on back home. So a couple weeks into college, I got a, uh, a call from this, from this girl, and she revealed uh, some of the poor decisions that she had made since, uh, since I had left for college. And on, on the phone call, uh, she ended up breaking up with me. Uh, she had cheated on me, sadly. And our, uh, our two-year relationship, it was just over like that. So that was shocking to me. So I was also doing kind of poorly with my faith. Uh, obviously, that whole ordeal <laughs> didn't help. Um, while I still called myself a Christian and went to church every Sunday, I definitely wasn't... Uh, pursuing God. I wasn't really reading the Bible or praying. I was, I was focusing, on, focusing on this girl. And um, yeah, instead of praying and reading, I would just focus on her. This relationship didn't strengthen me or my relationship with God, obviously. is full of arguments and put-downs. Simply put, this relationship had distracted me from what was really important in God and caused me to put all my attention on her. Uh, these events caused me to kind of spiral into a depression, and it filled my head with some not great thoughts. And I was really just desperate to fill my life with anything that would, like, distract me or numb the pain. And I had an extreme longing for anything that could bring me kind of, like, out of that place. And because I'd grown up in the Assemblies of God my whole life, haven't like missed a Sunday like in my whole life, no. <laughs> but but um, I had heard a, bit, a little bit of Chi Alpha from uh, camps and retreats and all that, and I, I knew a little bit about who they were, but I didn't fully understand who they were and what why they met. Um, I also didn't know that there was a Chi Alpha on the campus uh, until my parents told me, and so my parents wanting me to kind of get out of this place. Uh, they encouraged me to go and check it out. And after only a couple minutes of consideration, uh, I decided to go at least one time. I was like, I'll go and check it out at least one time. 
if I don't like it, I won't go back. Um, but as I was sitting outside my car, outside the Sherlock's house, uh, waiting for 6 o'clock to come around so I could nervously uh, walk up to the front door, I was, I was still questioning if I should even go. So when 6 o'clock did come around, I did walk up, and I knocked on the door, and I waited for that response, but there was no response. So I was like, <laughs> great, I, sh- I showed up at this person's house, or I have the wrong address to a house where I was going to show up and hang out with random strangers. What am I doing? But I was too far to give up at this point, so I knocked again, and I heard a few voices that time saying, like, come in, like, as Tanner was saying, like, maybe he was, like, I don't know, like, upset, but he was like, why isn't this person just coming in like they usually do? Um, And I still remember everyone's face being like, who is this kid? And, uh, like, as Tanner was saying, like, no one came behind me. Like, people were were like, who is this kid? Who invited him? Um, I remember him doing doing a double take, being like, who is this kid in my house? I don't know him. And eventually I did introduce myself, and it kind of clicked. But uh, I remember there was another student who was talking about uh, Phil, uh, who sat uh, next to me, and he was incredibly kind. He asked me a ton of questions, just kind of like small talk, just who are you, where are you from, what are you studying, and just other things to get to know me. And finally... Uh, once a few other students started to roll in at the true Kyle at 6 o'clock, uh, we started to play Jackbox games. And these are just, uh, they're little fun games that you play on, on the TV. You have prompts on your phone. And so, like, for example, some games have you doing some uh, things that, such as facing off head-to-head in a T-shirt design competition, while others have you... Uh, answering trivia questions, and still others have you facing head-to-head in rap battles. So while these games were all fun on the first night, it was really that sense of community that I enjoyed the most. Um, Community is actually one of the main reasons uh, why I quickly became heavily involved in Chi Alpha. On top of this, I really believed in the core values that Chi Alpha stood for, and funny enough, the first, uh, the first core value of Chi Alpha is community. Um, we believe that the Bible calls us to be salt and light, uh, showing the college campus uh, what it means to authentically love God and how to love people. Uh, other than community, the core values of Chi Alpha include creativity, diversity, excellence, integrity, and servant leadership. Another reason why I got pretty heavily involved with Chi Alpha so quickly is I realized the real desperate need for, for a Christian community on the Shadow State campus. Uh, I'll share a couple, couple statistics with you. According to a study done by LifeWay Research, only 24% of Christians who become Christians throughout their whole life will become Christians after the age of 24. And also... 80% of already Christian students who go to a secular college will walk away from their faith by the time they graduate. This just goes to show how crucial it is to have that Christian community during the time of college especially. Um, at Shadron State Chi Alpha, we have a saying, and it's right on our, our uh, front web page when you go to the Shadron State uh, Chi Alpha. It says, 
We would love for you to find a place where you as a college student can belong. A place where you feel at home and your friends can become family. We believe that fellowship is a pivotal part of our walk with Christ. And it is our prayer that Chi Alpha can become that for our students. That first night that I went to the simple hangout night, I felt this genuine love and this care that I was so deeply longing for. So Chi Alpha was far greater than I even expected. As I was saying, I was going into it kind of like half-hearted, like, I don't know if this is going to be fun. Maybe I won't go back, but I'm going to give it at least one try. But Chi Alpha was far greater than I could have ever hoped for. I found an amazing group of friends that helped strengthen my faith, and eventually I overcame uh, those thoughts and uh, the depression. And Because while I had been trying to fill my heart with worldly things and distracting myself from the pain, I wasn't improving. I was, in fact, falling even deeper into that depression because I was filling it with worldly things, not with God, not with the Bible, not with anything like that. This all changed shortly after joining Chi Alpha because I had simply believed my parents' faith. I had gone to Sunday, uh, gone to church every Sunday, and my faith was not my own. I was kind of forced to go to church. Well, I didn't hate it, but my faith was theirs. And joining Chi Alpha really forced me to step outside my comfort zone and um, Eventually, my faith did become my own, and I started reading the Bible and praying and being very intentional with uh, what I believed. One massive thing that I learned uh, pretty quickly came from James 2, 14 through 19, and it says, uh, My Christian brothers, what good does it do if you say you have faith, but do not do things that prove you have faith? Can that kind of faith save you from punishment of sin? What if a Christian does not have clothes or food, and one of you says to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and eat well. But if you do not give him what he needs, how does that help him? A faith that does not do things is a dead faith. Someone may say, You have faith, and I do things. Prove to me you have faith when you are doing nothing. I will prove to you I have faith by doing things. You believe there is one God. That is good. But even the demons believe that. And because they do, they shake. Growing up in church, I'd also heard dozens of times the parable of the seed that falls on the different soil. And before Chi Alpha, I was most definitely the seed that would get planted in the dry soil that would be super excited at first and would grow quickly. But then once the sun came out, I kind of dried up and quickly fell back into uh, the temptation of sin. And it was really frustrating because it was like I was stuck in that spinning wheel just repenting, sinning, and just over and over again. And I was getting frustrated. However, after being discipled by Tanner, uh, coming to all the small groups and large groups, I quickly became that seed that was planted on the good soil, a plant that grew strong roots and eventually uh, produced fruit. I quickly began intentionally seeking God and trying my hardest to live a fulfilling life. Uh, this meant leaving behind past habits, uh, reading and praying, uh, reading the Bible and praying, being more generous and kind to those around me. Uh, and with all that being said, though, something I've also learned is that being a Christian is a long, ongoing process, and that, that's good. Even though I've been a Christian my entire life, I'm still constantly learning new things 
uh, from prayer and discipleship from uh, Tanner. And one cannot simply ask for forgiveness or read the Bible or pray when they have time. It's critical to keep growing or it will become harder and harder for me in God's will. This is evident in uh, Jeremiah 29:13 when it says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, as well as in First Chronicles 16:11 when it says, "Look to the Lord in His strength; seek His face always." Another popular saying at Kaiapha is that it is our goal to make disciples who go on and make their own disciples who all who go on and make their own disciples. And it is my goal to reach other students like me who came to college and were maybe struggling at first. And it's my goal to reach students who are different. Maybe they're doing great. Like, I, it's my goal to reach every single student on campus and show them how great a life with God truly is. During my time as a full-time missionary, I will con- continue to reach students through hangout nights, small groups, large groups, worship nights, and one-on-one discipleships. And I'm just really excited that God has allowed me to join uh, Chi Alpha staff and just pursue this give year. So, all that being said, I'll give it back to Tanner. Thank you. It's definitely something else when you uh, get to sit and watch somebody you discipled share on stage about their faith. It's, uh, man... Feels good, but um, okay. Those guys don't know I'm a crier. (laughs) So to kind of to shore this up a little bit and let you leave with something for yourself. Over the years, I've found that there's something really interesting about the human brain. I studied psychology in my undergrad. I love the way the brain works. I really believe that, you know, our brain it was, was created by God specifically and intentionally. But with that, there's been sin and there's been things that have changed the way our brains think a little bit. As someone personally, I can tell you that I have struggled in the past with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and a borderline personality disorder to boot. And I can tell you that My brain, in the past, often lied to me. Our brains, all of us, our brains often lie to us. And our brains like to trick us. And so, I also know that our brains try to, above anything else, protect us. But in order to protect us, oftentimes it has to lie to us. And it has to trick us. And it'll often... In protecting us, it is actually lulling us into a cathartic bubble of ineffectiveness. And so as a Christian, that protection seems to rear its head most when it comes to sharing the gospel. And it comes into effect most when we're called to be a community of believers. Our brain tells us that church on a Sunday morning, that this, this is how we gather and this is how we fellowship. 
And how we share the gospel is just simply inviting people to church. But what if I told you that that thought process is your brain lying to you because it doesn't want to get you hurt? Now, this is an important part of the picture, but it is a piece of a life truly living in the gospel. And I found it so fitting that the first thing that Caleb came to was a hangout night rather than a church service. Because ultimately what Caleb was searching for was community. And he'd been to church, but he was still searching community. That tells me that the church wasn't meeting all of his needs. And by the church, I don't mean the body, I mean this service. Because the church is so much bigger than what happens here on a Sunday morning. And so I'm going to take just a second, I'm going to brag on Stephen, I'm going to brag on this church, this body of believers. So, a couple weeks ago, um, I was here in town. As as a missionary to the the college, I live in Chattern, so I come over here every once in a while. And uh, I was in town watching my niece, Tiana, play volleyball. She plays for the local high school team. And after the game, I caught Steve, and uh, the football game was going on outside, and he said that he was there to watch Levi play football. That's example number one of being a community outside of this building, supporting each other, being there for each other. And as we were talking, the county sheriff walks up and excitedly greets Pastor Steve and immediately begins to introduce himself to the new deputy. And I'd never met this sheriff. I had no clue. I was just a stranger to this guy. And so he begins to immediately introduce Pastor Steve as the pastor of Christ Community Church and he begins to talk to this new deputy, deputy about all the things that Christ Community Church does for Crawford. That's example number two. People are noticing what this body is doing. And then the sheriff finished with, if you ever have anyone that's in need, get in touch with Steve, get in touch with Christ Community Church, and see if there's anything they can do because they've already helped us out a ton in this past year. It's example number three. You guys are helping the community. And so what's that mean for you individually? As a body, we're doing stuff. So what's that mean for you individually? And so as I shared, our brains lie to us, and we tend to overcomplicate things. I discipled Caleb intensively, to put it lightly. And what if I told you I spent, on average, more than 10 hours per week discipling Caleb while he's a college student? So your brain immediately goes, I can't afford that time. That's, holy cow, that's a lot of time. But as intimidating as as that can be, because we are all called to make disciples. But if I told you that seven of those hours per week were spent playing disc golf. For real, two to three times a week, we would go out one-on-one and play disc golf. And yeah, we would talk about disc golf and we'd talk about form, but we'd also talk about relationships. We'd talk about 
Bible. We talk about what's the next step in your life. And see, that's the problem. Our brains tend to overcomplicate what it means to be a community, what it means to make disciples. Because immediately when I hear, when you hear make disciples and you hear I spent 10 hours per week making disciples, you probably had a picture of us sitting in an office and me going, this is what the Bible says. This is what you need to learn about this. It doesn't have to be that complicated. And so for most students, most of our students, and, and the students that Caleb will disciple as well, it usually starts out this, like this. Hey, Caleb, do you like tacos? Do you want to go out and get tacos? My treat. Boom, we go get some tacos. We're eating, eating lunch. And then while we're eating tacos, I say, hey, Caleb, have you ever played disc golf before? And he says, no, but I've been meaning to want to learn. Hey, what are you doing on Thursday? Uh, a class? What about after class? Nothing. Can I teach you how to play disc golf? So while we're playing disc golf, hey, Caleb, have you thought about going to winter conference? Hey, Caleb, have you ever felt called into ministry? Hey, Caleb, have you ever been taught how to read the Bible correctly? My holy grail of discipleship is tacos, disc golf, and Jesus. You laugh, but let's look at Mark 2.13. It says, Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, might not have been eating tacos because they hadn't discovered Mexican food yet, but I imagine if this happens today, they'd probably be eating tacos. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. It's just eating food, man. It's not complicated. They're just eating food with people who needed what they knew. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were the Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? Pharisees are what happen when we overcomplicate ministry, when we overcomplicate discipleship, when we overcomplicate community. It's got to be done a certain way. No, it doesn't. We've got to sit down and intentionally talk about Jesus for an hour once a week. No, we don't. We can go play disc golf and talk about Jesus. We can go eat tacos and talk about Jesus. Honestly, I've made more disciples while playing disc golf I'm getting ahead of myself. I preach about this later. Let me finish this scripture because it is important. Even, even Jesus himself started this process of sharing the gospel over a meal. Because Sunday mornings are important. Our church services on Tuesdays, they're important. And I push them. And I push students to come to them because they are important. It is important you come here on Sunday mornings. But I can tell you that I've made more disciples while playing disc golf I've made more disciples while playing Rocket League video games. I've I've made more disciples while eating tacos 
than I have while preaching a sermon. Because I can tell you I've made a lot of disciples while playing disc golf. I've made a lot of disciples while eating tacos. I've made a lot of disciples while playing video games, playing pool, doing other things. And I can tell you I've made zero disciples while preaching sermons. And so as I close and I hand this service back to Steve, I just want to say what it came down to, what it comes down to for us as believers is Caleb went from being a comfortable Christian whose faith wasn't his own and was struggling to an uncomfortable, uncomfortable Christian willing to get out of his comfort zone, make a disciple, be discipled because of the community that Chi Alpha offers. And now he has the opportunity to work full-time as a missionary with Chi Alpha to replicate what has been sown in him. And so for us, as the body of believers, that's what we're called to do. That's what Jesus meant when he said, go and make disciples. He didn't mean you had to be a Bible scholar and be a pastor He meant break bread with sinners. Invite people over to your house. Invite them into your life. Because if you know me, and and I know Steve does, because one time I spoke here and he gave me a disc as my offering. I love, yes, he did give me an offering too. I love love disc golf. I love tacos. I love love video games. That's my life. I spent a lot of time. Just last night, me and one of my staff members, Jordan, if you guys haven't met Jordan, Jordan's on our staff as well. He is a volunteer staff. He works full-time and volunteers extra time for us. He gives a lot for Chi Alpha. But me and Jordan went one-on-one. We went to a disc golf tournament in Rapid City. And while we went there, we left at, what, noon? We got back at 10 o'clock at night, and that's 10 hours of one-on-one time that I got one of my staff members because we wanted to go play disc golf. I wasn't making it complicated. All I did was send a text to Jordan, hey, I'm inviting you into my life. I want to go to this tournament anyway. So how about you come and we can get a lot of one-on-one time in. Caleb, I've never learned to play disc golf. I can teach you. I can bite you into my life, things that I'm already passionate about. And at the same time, I can find ways that things that you're passionate about and I can maybe then be involved in your life in those ways. Let's not complicate it. And so, again, I want to thank you guys for the support that you guys have given me. And you guys have given Courtney and I, and you give, have given Chi Alpha, because as Caleb stood up here and he shared about his passion for reaching the next generation after him, we couldn't do that if it wasn't for you guys' support. And so the whole point that we're here, the whole reason we're here, the whole reason Caleb was here, is he's asking you, hey, I'm a little bit short on being able to be full-time because his budget isn't raised yet. And so he's asking you to prayerfully consider and honestly consider making a little bit of a financial sacrifice to give monthly to him so that he can do what we do full-time on the campus so he can reach that next generation. So thank you guys again so much for your support, and uh, I'll give it back. You guys did a phenomenal job. I'm just disappointed in one thing, Caleb. You didn't finish the story. 
So he went broken to Chi Alpha. And this week he got engaged to Mercy. (laughs) See how God works? He puts that all back together. Anyway, I I had to make sure I announced that just to make you blush a little bit and Mercy blush a little bit. That's what I do. But actually, Mercy, since I talked about you, can you guys come up here? When we have missionaries here, we like to lay hands on them and pray for them. And so I'd like for you guys, Courtney, you and Tanner can come up. And we're going to pray for these guys. We'll support them financially, but we want to pray for them just for God to uh, reach the, the campus there at Chi Alpha. Come, come this way so people can get around you, or at least closer. Uh, now, church people, you can come up here too. Or you can reach your hands out where you're sitting. Tanner, or Jordan, I guess you should be up here too. Let Jordan up here. He and Toby can come up here. They're part of this Chi Alpha thing. (laughs) So, Father, we come to you, and we are grateful for the kingdom that we're a part of. Uh, We hear the call to make disciples, God, and we're thankful for disciples being made on the campus at Chattern State. Father, we pray for your anointing. We pray for your goodness, for your favor. We ask God for Caleb, for Tanner, for Jordan. You would anoint them and the relationships that they develop, Father, that disciples can continue to be made there at the campus, that people will recognize your love. They will hear your voice. They will understand your call and your purpose. Father, for Caleb, we ask that as he gives this year, you help them to see your voice to discern what you're speaking to him in this season. Father, if it's a, if it's a vocational call, we rejoice. If it's, a, if it's the opportunity to come alongside of a church and, and serve in that role for the rest of his life, God, we rejoice. We're just thankful, God, that he's walking and saying, whatever you need, God, I'm willing to do it. God, we pray you continue to anoint, you continue to guide and direct. In Jesus' name, amen.